Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, um, and today's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so I heard from Carl Durrell for the first time in, I don't even know how long because time doesn't exist anymore, but uh, he was on a conference call with a bunch of the media, including me, obviously, um, and I just got off that call probably f- 10 minutes ago. And here's my plan for the day. Um, I'm going to talk through some of my thoughts on what I learned. Um, And then after that, I'm just going to play the full, I think it's like a 30-minute call, 35-minute call. Um, Typically, I wouldn't do that because there's some of the points where, you know, it gets repetitive um, because a lot of the questions are kind of about the same things. Um, But since there's really no sports going on, um, and this is one of the few opportunities we're, we've had to talk with Carl Durrell and will have to talk with Carl um, in the near future. It seems like you guys are probably interested in listening to all of it. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to start off with some of my thoughts on what we learned, um, what I wish we would have learned. And there are a couple things there. And uh, then I'll just let you guys listen to the whole thing. Um, it was really interesting, I think. And I know I said that some of it was a little bit repetitive because that's how press conferences work. But I think there were a lot of really good insights, um, especially because he's a new guy here and we don't all really know how he thinks. Um, and so anytime you get to hear him talk for that long, um, you get to know him just a little bit better. But before we do all of that, I want to tell you about Manscaped, which is an incredible company, especially during this time when most of us are going ungroomed. You can't really go get your hair cut. Uh, can't get your teeth cleaned. Um, you can't, well, I mean, I guess I could shave, but there's just no reason. Um, learn how to manscape. It's, it, it will change your life. It'll make so many people, well, I guess it depends on how you live your life, but it'll make probably at least one person really happy. Um, so take advantage. Uh, use the Lawnmower 3.0. It's, it's an incredible tool. It has like an LED light when you're shaving, um, which doesn't sound necessary because I don't shave in the dark, but then you 
pull out the light and you're like, wow, this really does just make it so much easier because there are some weird angles. But definitely be hitting up manscaped.com and use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Um, They have so many different things. Ryan was telling me about the ball deodorant, uh, which is not the type of conversation that I bet most of you have with your boss, Um, but he was telling me all about it, said that it's um, revolutionary and I've got to be using it. And they gave me like the package of it, but I don't know. I guess um, maybe I'll come back with a review for that um, next time we talk. And the next time we talk will be after the 62-36 game that we're watching on Saturday. Um, I'm really excited. I know a lot of people on Twitter have reached out and said that they're really excited. Allie's excited. Ryan's excited. McChesney's excited. Um, Basically, everybody's excited because we haven't watched the Buffs do anything um, except lose basketball games in the last two months or so. Or I don't even know. Maybe it was only one month that that losing streak started. I cannot tell you. Um, it all is just running together. This is day four without going outside. Day five, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so be ready for that. It's at 1.30 on Saturday. We're all going to press play. We'll all be hanging out on Twitter. Use the hashtag DNVRwatches. And just what, what we always do is like pull it up on a laptop do like search DNVR watches in one tab and I have another tab open just for like tweeting. Um, and then it'll all just be right there. You'll see everybody talking about this and then we can all just chat and hang out. Um, and it's going to be a blast. The best part is we're all tailgating too. Um, I plan on having at least three beers before the game starts. Uh, so that's going to make me a lot of fun on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I think I think we're gonna get some Blake Street Tavern. Maybe go pick up some wings and nachos. Um, again, I think our party is gonna start at ten ten thirty, um, and the game will start around one thirty. Hopefully, you guys will all join us. It's gonna be a lot of fun. What else could you possibly be doing? Okay, um, Carl Durrell. There was some really interesting stuff. I thought, um, you know, again, the message overall was just uh, we. We need to do what's safest for everybody, what's healthiest for everybody. Um, that's a priority. Um, it's just getting past this so that things can get back to normal afterward. Uh, it's not about pushing the limit, seeing if you can try to get a little bit extra done. It's about making sure everybody gets healthy. Um, but, but there was more to it. And I think that we've all had a bunch of questions about how exactly this works. Um, because gyms are closed. So unless these guys all have weights and treadmills or whatever inside their houses, there really isn't much of a way to train. Um, we got some clarity there. Um, and, and it sounds like it, it, Carl really, really was saying great things about Drew Wilson, which is kind of what we expected. Drew Wilson, one of the holdovers from the last staff, the strength and conditioning coach, um, rave reviews constantly. Um, this is the first time we really heard his name specifically from Carl, just because we haven't had so much time with Carl. Um, so it sounds like things are going well with that relationship. Um, but it's it's alternating between body weight stuff lifting, cardio, like all these different ways, just trying to keep people active, engaged. Um, And also, you know, they're saying they're staying in touch with players two to three times a day, um, Zooming, keeping things going. I mean, it'd be hard to run a football program. You know, Zoom meetings with position groups so that they can talk through the playbook and responsibilities. Um, I asked about the quarterbacks. How do you 
how do you get them to uh, figure out what they're doing um, so that in this likely scenario, which is only fall camp, they have a chance to prove that they deserve the job. And Carl did say, essentially, that it's a two-horse race. It's either going to be true freshman Brendan Lewis or uh, the the backup, who will be a junior, Tyler Lytle. Um, kind of what we expected. I didn't want to put words in his mouth, so I didn't say which of the two. But uh, yeah, so got a little bit of clarity there. And one thing he said is that that's kind of what's holding them back. Um, he, he's Zooming with all the coaches constantly, which makes sense because that's what you would expect them to do. But he said sometimes when you're stuck in the laboratory for too long, you just start making things too complicated. You know, everybody thinks they have these creative ideas to make things happen, but if you can't teach it to the players, then what's it really worth? Um, And then he said that that is particularly true of the quarterbacks. Um, It's particularly true of those guys because they just don't know how much they can handle. Um, and, And both of them would run slightly different offenses. And so Carl is kind of challenged with trying to make something that takes a little bit from both of them um, so that they each have an opportunity to prove that they can run an offense and then they can kind of tweak it a little bit, maybe make it a little more power run heavy um, if Brendan Lewis wins the job. And again, that's what was supposed to happen over the summer. You know, they were supposed to have spring camp, the spring practices for the two quarterbacks to kind of prove themselves in a pretty vanilla generic system. And then you start throwing in the tweaks. Then you start leaning toward one side of the playbook um, over the summer, kind of recrafting some things to make it fit whichever guy you picked. Um, they, They lost out on that first step of the process or so, and it's going to make things move a lot more quickly. Um, in fall camp. Um, one thing that I really wanted to ask, uh, I, w- I wanted to ask about Antonio Alfano. Uh, I know that that's a question on all of our minds, but we got like the two question left um, note from Dave Platty who ran the whole call and uh, I wasn't one of the last two. I had like the tweet written out like Carl Durrell on whether he expects uh, Antonio Alfano to be with the team this fall. Um and then, like, quotation mark, just ready to fill in what he said, but I didn't get a chance to ask that question. Um, so we don't know there. That'll probably come up the next time around. Maybe we'll hear something else. Um, also would have liked to have heard just a little bit more about um, the decommitments. Um, a couple of the guys, I think Anthony Costanzo and Caden Dudley have both decommitted. I think both 2021 guys. Uh, so, again, that's a weird situation where until a player signs, the coach isn't supposed to talk about them. I'm not exactly sure how that works with decommitments. You can ask broadly about decommitments, and Carl was asked about them, um, but talked more about the guys who were signed in this class, this 2020 class. Um, and maybe that was what, I can't remember who asked the question, expected. Um, or maybe it was... Um, not what he wanted to go for, but you know what? That's good stuff. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear Carl's a smart guy. It was interesting hearing him talk about Visca. That was an interesting angle that I hadn't thought of. Uh, Visca obviously headed to the NFL draft, and Carl Durrell was coaching receivers in the NFL. So he said before he left Miami, he had already evaluated um, about 40 
different receiver prospects for the draft, obviously including Visca. I um, mean, he didn't dig too deep into the scouting report exactly, um, which makes me think that it probably wasn't glowing. Um, but he did say that he talked to Visca, and the message overall was kind of that, you know, don't worry about what's already happened. Like what, what? The only thing that matters is what you do from here. Are you training the way that you can train? Are you doing all this kind of stuff to put you in the best success, uh, position to succeed? And then once you get there, do you succeed? Don't worry about what people think of you, about what the narrative is, that you can't stay healthy, none of that, because there's really no point, um, which I think was great advice. Um, and he did say, you know, he he has the potential to score a lot of points for somebody in the NFL. Um, so some interesting notes there. I think that those were kind of the big topics, you know, I mean, I mean obviously coronavirus was another, um, was asked whether he thinks there's going to be a season. Um, and he basically said, you know, we're, we're we have to plan for one. We have to be ready. Um, and they have a bunch of different plans for, you know, if everybody's allowed in two weeks to get back to practice and play football, but also, um, if, if they don't get to gather until fall camp starts um, probably late July early August Um, and that's kind of what they're working through Um, he he seems to have a good grasp not making any excuses and he said you know I'm not I'm 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 not going to uh, say that uh, let's see actually she just paused up Um, there it is Uh, he said I'm looking Oh, I'm not looking at it like a detriment just because I'm new. Everybody is dealing with it. And, you know, that's something I talked a lot about, how it does hurt the buffs more uh, because it is a new coaching staff and you have new quarterbacks. There's there's quite a bit of turnover, um, at least in the important positions. Um, Visca Chenault, your top playmaker, is gone. Um, but, but he isn't making those excuses, which is what you expect you know, I mean, he kind of has to say that he's not going to go out and make an excuse because then he's going to get called out for it. But that's that's the way it works. Like he checked off the box the way he was supposed to check off the box. Um, he also said that nobody on the team, nobody in the program um, has the coronavirus. So that's uh, that's good, obviously. Um, I think I'm going to play this phone call after I tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. So for Saturday, get yourself a 15 can sampler. They'll probably deliver it to you and it's going to make you so happy. All these different beers. It's so tough to pick a favorite and that's why you should just drink a bunch of all of them. Um, They're great beers. If you don't want to have it delivered, uh, first of all, you're crazy. Actually better if you if they can't deliver if you're outside the delivery radius because I know a lot of you are in Boulder um actually a lot of you aren't in Colorado at all um, you can still find Breckenridge beers pretty much wherever you are just use the beer locator at the Breckenridge Brewery app it'll get you all set up um, I'm thinking Saturday though that 15 can sampler that'll put you in a good spot um, also want to talk about our good friends at Blake Street Tavern like I said. That is where I will be getting our food for Saturday um, because you got to support the Buffs. You know, Chris Fusilay, who owns that place, is a big Buff fan. Uh, he's traveling for most of the basketball games. He's traveling for most of the football games, obviously. Um, 
he's you know Blake Street Tavern's one of the big partners of the Buffs. Um, the the Buffs Twitter account has been like pumping up all the different places that they partner with and saying support these local restaurants. And uh, Blake Street Tavern always right there. Uh, buff owned, buff operated, and you know they're they're facing some tough times, just like a lot of people are right now. And if we if you can help, then help. You know if you're getting food, then might as well get food from them because they're great people. It's great food, massive portions, and I can confirm that even if you aren't eating it there, even if it's takeout, it still tastes delicious. Um, so that's what we're doing Saturday. Probably some green chili cheese fries too. I don't know. I'm just going to probably grab everything on the menu. But uh, yeah, definitely be supporting them as well. All right. Uh, here is Carl Durrell. I'm on. All right, everybody. Uh, mute your phones, except when you're asking a question. And again, once again, ID yourself. And uh, let's go. Carl, do you want to open with a couple of statements first? Uh, well, there's not much going on, is there, guys? <laughs> Obviously, there's uh, uh, the whole world is dealing with uh, the pandemic that's been going on. But, you know, I was hired back in February, uh, January, uh, actually February 23rd, and roughly spent about a month. And I took the first two weeks to hire staff, um, got all those pieces in place, uh, getting ready for spring practice. And then obviously this pandemic hit and uh, and it's put us a little bit behind in terms of uh, not being able to get out on the field. But um, we'll deal with this. And there's no question about that. It's more important that we have the health and safety of our of our country. Uh, you know, is at stake, and so we need to do what's right. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of stay orders that are going on right now, and we're part of that process too. So, but we're still trying to find a way to be productive. We're working on recruiting. Uh, we're working on our current players and making sure that uh, even though we're in spring break right now, we're trying to uh, alleviate a lot of the different things that, that we're dealing with with learning, doing a learning process remotely. Um, so there's plenty of stuff on our plate. But um, other than that, you know, we're, we're, we're doing just fine. You know, I think every health-wise we're good. You know, all, there's no cases involved with anybody that I know of right now as of this date of anything going on with us as a football team and a football program. So uh, we're in shape. So we're just moving forward, taking it day by day. Okay, with that, we'll start taking questions. Hey, Coach, this is Justin Guerrero from Rivals.com. Thank you in advance for for taking the time out of your day. But um, I I was just curious, uh, in terms of communication with the 2020 signees who have not gotten to campus yet, just curious what uh, the kind of channels of communication with those players have been like and, and what your personal philosophy has been in terms of reaching out to them, keeping the channels open, and just doing everything that you can to make sure when, when those guys get here, many of whom probably have, have not met you personally, that uh, that they are as comfortable as possible uh, coming to Colorado. Well, those are good questions. Uh, first and you know, foremost, one night when I did get the job and got me, got a chance to interview all of our players here on campus. And then we went into the process of me uh, talking with all of our uh, 2020 signees that are coming in this, you know, whether they're here right now, that mid, mid-year transfers that are here right now, or whether they're coming in this summer. So I, I had to quickly try to get myself acclimated with all the family. And so I've had contact with them. The constant communication uh, that was started early is still being in process right now with with uh, 
you know, right now the biggest thing is is making sure they're getting all their paperwork and documentation and things of that nature for, for getting admitted into camp, on, on campus this summer. So there's dorm applications and, you know, so on and so forth that they're, that they're dealing with. And so we're in constant communication, both the staff and myself, with, with uh, you know, keeping them kind of abreast of what's been going on with us. Um, obviously, everybody's dealing with the same issues right now. So there's common ground from that standpoint, which we talk about how they're working out, you know, what are they doing to, Know, keep themselves safe and healthy, you know, still trying to stay in shape. So, you know, there's that constant communication that's going on between me and the staff and those incoming players. So they're, they're part of our family, even though they're not technically on campus yet, but we try to engage with them every week. Hey, Coach, this is Adam Mutcher Tiger from 24-7 Sports. I was curious, what are the current players being instructed in terms of travel with spring break ending in a few days? And do you envision a scenario in which players might not return until the summer? Really, anything and everything is, is possible right now. Um, you know, it's right now our, the deadline is, you know, we have these stay orders about uh, when you can go, and go back on campus and things like that. We just issued some information to our, all of our student athletes yesterday about the, the date being April 10th as to when they we, we would reconsider uh, and evaluate what we are, you know, as a as Boulder County, as as a nation, there's a lot of things in terms of dates and deadlines that are out there. But you know, as you know, the situation is pretty fluid. Uh, they can change uh, to be extended. Uh, you know, so those things are, are we know that those are possibilities. Uh, I think the biggest thing we've been doing with our guys is staying in the communication and keeping them in the loop of what we're doing on campus. You know, what what the coaches are doing in their preparation for. Uh, if there's going to be any type of spring ball at some point in time, or if not, you know, preparing ourselves for the summer, you know, in terms of how we want to get our work done and get ready for the season. So there's a lot of scenarios that really, none of them are etched in stone, but we got to be ready for it at any moment. Hi, Carl. Chase Howell from Sports Illustrated. Um, I was wondering, as you go through tape of some of these guys, is there anybody that has jumped out to you so far? Well, we're watching a lot of the recruiting tape. Uh, we watched a lot of our team earlier, probably two or three weeks ago, in terms of getting ready for spring practice when we were getting ready to start. Um, now we kind of shifted gears and get caught up on the recruiting side. Uh, I'm getting a chance to I watched I watched all of our in-state players, for example. I'm working on a lot of the different areas that we actively recruit. So I'm working through some tape from those areas right now. We're meeting at the staff at least once a day you know, on Zoom, trying to get to, uh, get updates as to what they're doing, you know, who they've been in contact with, who should I call, things like that. So we're staying pretty active and pretty busy from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, given we're all separated in our, in our homes right now, that's the best avenue to take. Our football side is really, that's really not the hardest part right now because they, those, those systems are in place. We just haven't had a chance to really get into the teaching of, of most of that, but we have time to get, get caught up with that with our players at some point. I know this is the kind of the tail end of spring break, so it is their break this week. Um, technically schools back in session on Monday. So they'll be learning remotely, just like everybody else across the country. So that's when we'll continue to engage our players at least two or three uh, 
at least two or three times a day with making sure they're you know they're on pace what they're doing academically and also to to, to do some football work as well just to keep them engaged in what we're doing until we, we can able to practice which won't we can't we don't have any idea when that would happen when we'll get a chance to practice uh this is henry chisholm from dnvr uh when you're figuring out how your game plan is going to work next year, evaluating the players you already have on your roster, how much of that is watching tape versus getting your hands on the players on the practice field? Great question, and, and I have a really strong uh, philosophy on that. I think the best way to really get your best evaluation of the players is really not on tape. That kind of gives you an idea. I would tell you from that standpoint, but from my experience, it's, it's getting your hands on the players on the ground. That's when you know what, what you have. You can kind of feel their their movement, their explosiveness, their lack thereof, or what, you know, anything that, you're, that are kind of important ingredients for you to kind of make an assessment. It's to me, it's always been best when I see it live, when I see them running around, when I see them competing against each other. You know, those are the best really telltale signs of making your evaluation. We did, like I said, uh, did the assessment from the from a tape perspective. Now I'd like to see it in person, but right now, as you know, we, we can't do that right now. And but we'll, there will be a point in time where we will be able to do those things, and we'll quickly get ourselves caught up. With what we need to do. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break right here, so I can tell you that uh, Strava Craft Coffee is the other beverage that you should be drinking outside of Breckenridge beers. Um, it's incredible coffee. It's a great company. Uh, it's CBD-infused coffee, which means that it gives you all the great effects of caffeine um, that comes with the coffee, you know, staying awake, waking up, being focused when there's a lot of distractions. And also, the best parts of CBD, you know, fixing anxiety, IBS, whatever. Um, even if you don't know what you want help with by using the CBD, you might as well try it because the reviews are incredible and so many people wind up figuring out that they can be happier than they were before. So use Strava Craft Coffee um, and right now is the best time to try because they'll deliver it straight to your door, um, which is how you're supposed to be getting things now. Uh, With the code DNVR20, you can actually get 20% off your purchase from Strava Craft. And again, they ship it straight to you. So it's just a great substitute for whatever coffee you're drinking because you get the 20% off anyway. All right, uh, back in to the phone call. Coach, this is Pat Rooney from the Boulder Daily Camera. Um, if, if there is no spring practice or even a shortened form of, of spring practice, just how detrimental will that be for... Uh, you know, your particular situation, new coach, new staff, uh, you know, and, and guys trying to get to know a new system. That's a good, that's a good question, too. I, I'm not looking at it as a detriment just because I'm new. Um, I look at it where everybody's dealing with this. Uh, I know there's some uh, institutions that may may have already finished spring or maybe halfway through or, or maybe in the first week. Who knows? Um, I know that they're all under the same guidance and standards of what's going on right now in our country. So from our perspective, we're just going to try to maximize whatever chance we get uh, with our players. So whether that's a, 
a portion of time in, you know, in April or May or June, we'll be prepared for that. Uh, we'll get a chance to quickly implement what we need to get implemented and uh, still keep our fit, our team in shape, keep them uh, strong and, and excited about playing. And, and then there's the fall training camp, which usually starts beginning of August. So there's, there's still some time for, for a lot of stuff to, to occur. And I know that there's going to be some limitations of some sort, but we're prepared for it. I think we've talked about all those scenarios. And we're not going to use any excuses. We're going to go out there and put our, our best foot forward and get our team ready to play in our first game when, it, when that September date hits. Uh, Coach Ron Millhorn from Colorado West Broadcasting in Glenwood Springs. Um, a handful of coaches around the country, including uh, Kyle Whittingham from Utah, Mac Brown in North Carolina, uh, are speculating about the possibility of a modified season, uh, perhaps maybe even no season at all. What are your thoughts? Those, those have crossed my, my mind, too. It's hard to fathom that at this point, being that we're still in March. But, you know, we're hopeful that, you know, we can quickly, uh, you know, and I know it's going to take some time for this pandemic to, to calm down and be under control. I get that. But we're hoping that it's not going to affect the season. But there is that possibility. Um, but we have to be prepared for, for any and all things that could happen. Uh, as you know, that, you know, our, our country's health is more important than anything right now, just to kind of get that under wraps and under control. Um, and I think those are the things that we need to kind of, in our mind, un, you know, create the understanding that that's more important right now. Um, and, and the other parts, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out those things when the time comes, but it's, it's, uh, towards the end of March right now, there's a lot of, you know, time between now and the season. The season doesn't really begin until September. So, you know, there's we're hoping to get some, you know, some positive solutions and answers, you know, and then hopefully in the next couple months. And, you know, I, I feel that, uh, you know, whether it's going to be abbreviated from the onset or, or during, I'm not sure. But I think all of us that, that run these programs will be ready to uh, to accept and, and go by whatever is given at that point in time. Hey, Carl, Neil Welk from CUBuffs.com just had a, a question about keeping players engaged and trying to keep them, uh, if they do have to stay at home, stay in shape and do all those kind of things. How do you how do you uh, keep them interested and keep them engaged in, in what could be, you know, several months down the line? The, you know, the, our, I think our strength staff, uh, which is led by, by, by Drew Wilson, has done a really a fantastic job. You know, he's... You know, our players have just come out of a 10, 9, 10 week session prior to spring break where they did a great job of, you know, getting themselves ready for the start of spring practice. Obviously, we haven't started, but they were prepared for that. And right now, uh, Drew and his staff has done a great job with just supplementing our players daily with different types of workouts, whether you have weight, whether you have, you know, a, you know, a park to work in or a track to run around or you know, he's been really, I'd say, innovative with, with creating different elements of any type of workout, given your environment, to really get something positive done in that particular day. And he's been shooting these things out every day. So uh, I, I really put my hat off to what Drew and his staff has been doing, whether you're working in your apartment or in your, in your home where you're, where you're currently residing. You have a, you know, a field or someone to throw to. Um, all those different things, any type of scenario that, that could possibly present itself, in your own situation, 
I think our players at least have an idea of what they can do to stay in shape. And, you know, I, I really do take my hat off of what Drew has done with the, with that part of the, you know, this whole, this whole thing with us being remote. Hey, so Nick Guerrero with Rivals once more. Um, kind of just more of a question personally directed to you, but just in the spirit of, of, the, of the self-isolation, the quarantine, just what has an average day in the life of Carl Durrell look like? Uh, whether it is just more of the, the football-related stuff or pertinent to kind of leisurely pursuits, what have you kind of found yourself up to on an average day? I tell you what, these, these days are on average, these days that we're at home. Uh, I'm not quite used to it. I'm usually an early riser and I'm in the office and, and I get a lot done before anybody else really gets in. Um, but it's been, it's been very unusual for me working out of the house. But fortunately for me, I have the technology, uh, just like you see me here on, on camera, I've been doing the, the interviews here with the media. Um, we also can Zoom and meet as a full staff. We can watch recruiting tape. We can watch our own personal tape from from the season uh, here at Colorado, which was mentioned earlier. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we can be we can be doing. And, and so I think we we do. It's more just getting used to your surroundings and using it for a work environment. I think that's my biggest challenge. But it's each day has gotten better. Um, since I've been home. Now, I don't want to get comfortable doing that. I mean, I want to be in the office. I want to, I want to use my, my domain there to get things done that, that naturally that feels easier for me to get done. But uh, I can work given the process of, of what's been been mandated, you know, in terms of what our county's mandated here and us being at home. Uh, the biggest thing is, like I said earlier, we're, we're trying to stay safe. We're trying to do what's right. You know, we're trying to you know, abide by what's out there for us to get this thing in grasp, and and uh, we're going to do our part. But it's it's actually been challenging, but yet, you know, I would say we've been pretty productive. Coach Nick Ferguson here from 104.3, the fan. With the level of uncertainty surrounding upcoming season, how have you handled the concern of some recruits who might want to reopen their recruiting process? That, you know, that could occur, um, you know, and I understand that that could happen. It's been, you know, in our case, me being a new coach, new coaches on our staff, um, there's, there's, there's always a, an element of uncertainty when no one can give you a timeline as to when things can start, when things, will the season actually begin, when it's supposed to begin, uh, you know, spring practice, are you going to have spring practice? What about unofficial visits? can't have anybody on campus right now because really nobody's on campus right now. So there's a lot of uncertainty that that a lot of people have to weigh and, and, and do to, to uh, you know, make decisions about. And for us, you know, we, our, our, we feel good about our incoming class. We, we, I may mention that earlier, but they're my 20 class. They're solid. They're ready to go. Um, they want to get here as soon as they can. You know, obviously they're concerned about if that's even going to be delayed. I get that, but you know, those are those are just natural questions to have. Now, for the guys that we're recruiting for the future, you know, we this is a small senior class that I have this year in 2020. Um, I only had eight seniors on the team, and there's only collectively right now ten scholarships. So, you know, we're we're going to, you know recruit hard and really try to fill in those pieces that are needed, you know, within those pieces. And, you know, that's, that's what we need to do. I think that's what we're our big, big uh, mandate and, and process that we're going through right now is just to understand that these elements can occur in uncertainty. 
you know, this is an uncertain time. And we just have to keep moving forward and keep lining guys up that fit, we think, is going to be difference maker type of players for us in the next class of 21 that, that can really bounce off of what we've done this year with our 20 class. So uh, a lot of uncertainty right now, but there's no, there's still a lot more time to go. I think people are going to be more, um, they want to know what Colorado's going to look like, to be quite frank with you. You know, it's not, these decisions are, aren't going to necessarily be made at this point in time, but you know, there might be skepticism. They they want to see what this team's going to look like this year. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you it's going to be a very competitive team, and that all, I'm not going to make any excuses by the lack of time. We're going to get this team ready to play. And and part of it is them evaluating what they see as well. So hopefully it's a great product from what they see from us and, and what our potential is, and, and we'll be able to collect the guys that we need that, are, that feel that they can help our team even elevate themselves even higher. And Carl, Sean Cheeler at the Denver Post, uh, you know, everything's fluid, like you said, and I guess that includes the NFL draft. I wonder if I could ask you to put your, your NFL hat on. And I imagine there was a point where someone may have had you evaluate uh, LaVisca Chenault in your previous professional gig, and, uh, or at least you got a chance maybe to meet him and talk to him over the years. What advice would you, you give him right now, getting ready, assuming that we're going to have a draft next month at all? You know, that's a good question, and people, that's the first question someone's asked me about since I've been the, the head coach here now in Colorado. <laughs> you know, before, before I even got this job, and you know I was coaching receivers in Miami, I already yeah. evaluated about 40 receivers prior to the combine, you know, and LaVisco was one of them, obviously, and a very talented kid, and, and I had a lot of questions for him because – you know, his production wasn't as high this year as it was, you know, the previous year. And I know he's had some injuries in his career. So those are questions that I've had. But I have met him since he's been on campus. And I know he just went through a surgery after the combine. And, you know, it's good to meet him finally and just kind of a few minutes to talk to him. I know his head's in the right, you know, place right now in terms of his next step and what he wants to accomplish in the NFL. And he knows he's not a finished product, too. You know, he knows that this is going to set him back. There's going to be question marks because of this injury that he just uh, that he just had. But, I, you know, he's, he has enough on tape to prove to people that he's definitely an NFL quality player and he can help somebody put some points on the board. And, and I, my, my advice was for him was, you know, everything about him and what he does is what he does from this point forward. It's not – anything that you've done in the past you can't really change it's really what you do as you look forward to this opportunity are you going to prepare yourself both mentally physically you know and doing the necessary things for you to have the success that that you you garner for yourself so it's really him putting himself in the mindset of looking forward and and always and, and and with that impression and understanding that he's not a finished product and he knows he has so much to learn but with that being being part of the process a lot of these rookies are that way. You know, they, they're not coming into the just polished and ready to go. Um, they, as long as they understand that they have a lot to learn as they play, you know, they usually make the adjustment pretty quick. Uh, it's Pat Rooney from the Boulder Camp. Um, wondering, this cross on mine, has, has this situation hindered you from, from getting to know your team just as people, let alone as, as football players? 
Say that again. I, I missed half that question. I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, it's Pat Rooney from the Boulder Camera. I'm just wondering if this situation and, and being detached from the team, um, you, you, has it hindered you from, from getting to know the guys uh, just as people, let alone as, as, as football players? I would say it's more difficult doing this <laughs> not in person, yeah. Uh, but the players, we all are off to a really good start with my my interviews that I that I made my first week when I was on the job, which was the interview with all of the players at that time, just to get to know you type of setting, um, you know, what are hobbies, you know, their family life, things like that. So, you know, those are kind of the icebreaker moments that I started early, and then as we continue to work together and, and I watch workouts and stuff like that, that kind of helps in the process too. So. This kind of puts things on hold. I won't say it's a hindrance, but I would say it's on hold because we're not together. We're both, we're, we're unable to see all of those guys face to face, but uh, we are in constant contact. Our coaches are in constant contact. You know, they, you know, just like I've told you guys, I've mentioned to this team that the men, whatever we're dealing with, we're going to use it as a challenge and as, as a great opportunity, not as something that's going to set us back. So, you know, right now, that's the mindset we're trying to build with our team is that, you know, what are we doing to maximize this time that might be better than what everybody else is doing? So we're looking at it as what can we do better? And and I know our players are, are creating that mindset and are talking to each other about making sure they're doing their workouts and handling their academic situations, things like that. So this is a good challenge for us to kind of wait and see how this is all said and done and we're back on campus. What good shape are we in? Uh, Henry Chisholm hey, from. Go ahead. Oh, this is Brian Howell, Daily Camera. Um, I, obviously, you'd rather be in spring ball and all those things, but you know, we were talking when you first got hired about scrambling to put together that staff before spring ball. Is there a silver lining, maybe as a staff at this point, that you guys have more time to get to know each other as a group and, and get to um, develop your game plans together before you get on the field with the players? There is. I'm going to say this delicately because I think this is where the coaches can be in the laboratory too long and then they can be a problem. <laughs> so I would say yes. In general, yes. We're, we are spending some time as a staff offensively, defensively, special team, kind of working on our systems, our, our you know, what our philosophy is, you know, who we think is going to be, you know, the certain players in certain positions, all that stuff. So, you know, that's all that stuff that we're getting right now together um, as a staff. And, my, my biggest thing, and I learned this years ago in coaching, is you know, we got to be really careful how much we're in the laboratory uh, in devising too many things just because it's not what we know, it's what our players know. You know, and, and, it's, and that's the biggest thing that we have to be smart about is as much as we spend all this time creating new avenues, ideas, things like that, you know, if it's too much for our players to handle, we, then they're not going to play effectively and fast and and explosive and physical if, if they've got too much on their plate. So so sometimes having this type of time as a staff can be a detriment, you know, So because we're not on the field, we're not evaluating them daily, we're not maximizing their abilities because we're not seeing it face, of, you know, in person, so to speak. So we got to be careful that way. So that, that is those, those are the things that I remind the staff that, man, it's not, you know, how many different ways I can skin the cat. It's really – those guys that are doing it, can they do it? You know, we put them in position to do it. So 
those are the things that are more important. We can't be too crazy about getting too much ahead of ourselves, but yet we have to be prepared, like I mentioned earlier in this discussion, about being ready to go in any moment. And, and our player, our staff is, is working in that type of likeness right now. Henry Chisholm from DNVR again. Um, the quarterback spot is up for grabs. What can you do for the quarterbacks on your roster in particular during this time to put them in the best position to put their best foot forward when it comes time to compete for that job? That's a great question. And that's really, you know, that's the one position that I think about when I made that last uh, answer for the question about how much do you do as a staff? Really, that's the biggest question in my mind offensively. You know, we want to make sure we're maximizing the abilities of what our quarterbacks can do more so than what I think from a scheme perspective that an offensive coach wants to do. So that's as, that's as big a, you know, that's the big, biggest example I can tell you is that question you just asked is that we can't be, you know, we got to make a thorough evaluation there. You know, we have two quarterbacks on campus currently, you know, one's a, a true freshman here, you know, one's a veteran player that was a backup. And we have to figure out what are their skill sets, what they can be productive on a consistency level and, and kind of build it from there. I mean, yet alone, they got to compete. You know, we, haven't, we don't have a starter right now. So, you know, there's a lot. That, that's the one position that we have to be really smart about because he's the one that's going to engineer our offense. So it, it, it's still undecided as to how much you go in a particular direction because we don't have a starter there yet. Hey, Carl, Neil Welk again here. Uh, I know you guys are staying in touch with players and, and Drew Wilson staying in touch with the players. How important is it for players to stay in touch with each, with each other and, and kind of encourage each other to, to keep uh, stay motivated and keep working and do all the things they need to do amongst themselves? I would say, Neil, I'm glad you asked that question because that's really the most important part, in my opinion. I think... We're trying to, as coaches, create those lines of communication with our player and, and coaches to coaches, player to coaches, and, and coaches to player. We're trying to create all those lines of communication. But the most important line of communication, I believe, is, is the peer-to-peer communication that's going on between your team. And we're trying to, we're trying to, you know, cultivate that. You know, that's not an easy thing to do. But we, we are encouraging that with our players uh, from our from a coaching perspective. Uh, we're trying to create these group chats and these group opportunities to kind of do things together in terms of the workout. They're not all in the same place though. So that sometimes is hard, but, but at least the communication piece I think is critical. And if we can continue to build on that and in this particular time and circumstances we're dealing with, continue to get better at those things, even though we're not together as a team, I think it gives us that much more of an edge from where we are together. Thank you. We have time for a couple more questions. Hey, Coach, it's Arnie Stapleton from Associated Press. Um, you had mentioned earlier the preference to get players out there on the field to really see what you have. And I'm wondering, is that something that in your career you've noticed is across the board, like from the NFL, looking at college players, or is it just specific to college coaches looking at high school players? And then secondly, is there anybody in your career that's been dramatically different in person than what you saw, what you thought you had on film? You know, the question, 
I think it's a good question about, you know, my personal preference, like I mentioned earlier, is I, I'd rather see the person than to evaluate the person. You know, when I was in the NFL evaluating receivers, you know, the combine's fine, but that's a group setting and you're not really getting the specific information that you need. I would get more out of when I went back to that particular student athletes university and worked them out and got them bottom on the board and we talked football, we did all these different things. That's when I got the most out of out of situations like that. You know, I would say recently and uh, there's a there's a player that he was the first player that I talked to at the Combine a year ago, 2019, um, by the name of Preston Williams. And uh, just to give you a quick little example of him, he's a kid from Colorado State last year. Um, I know he was a transfer there from, from Tennessee, and, you know, he had a little bit of a baggage background uh, in terms of, you know, what uh, what was uh, things that were going against him, I guess, in terms of his profile. But when I met the kid, we had a great conversation at the Combine. Um, we continue to stay in, in contact with each other. Uh, I continue to do my research with position coaches both at Tennessee and at Colorado State. And, you know, we felt that we got a steal, to make a long story short, when we were able to pick him up as an undrafted free agent, you know, in Miami last year. And, you know, he, he sometimes you won't, if you don't dive into the information like that, you, you tend to miss a lot of things, you know, and not that all kids are perfect. You know, he's a good kid. He might've made a mistake in his past, but everything that I felt about him and then my gut told me that, you know what, this kid is, you were going to get the very best from him from this point forward, just like I mentioned to you about LaVisca. And so when I had him in Miami, uh, before he got hurt, because he tore his ACL about game nine, uh, he was the leading receiver in the comp in the in the NFL at that time prior to his injury. Um, he didn't end up that way, but at that point in time, he had uh, I think 35 catches and almost five almost 500 yards. And you know, at that point in time in the career, he had the most production in the league. Uh, you know, at that point in time prior to his injury. So my philosophy again is different than others. I get involved with our players. I get to figure out how they pick. I get to figure out what's important to them. I help them grow as young men, you know, because that goes hand in hand with their ability, what they do on the field. And he's just the latest example that I've been able to do in my career is to get to know these players and help them achieve that a high level of production. And not only as a person, but on the field, those things go hand in hand. That's just my philosophy. One more question. Oh, Justin Adams, CBS4. Coach, I came a little bit later to the meeting. I had another meeting of my own, but I'm intrigued. You continue to talk about the ways that you want to interact with your players and meet with your players. Do you go to like Zoom meetings um, with like positions by position in order to go on the board and get the plays memorized or get the plays down? Because obviously a college playbook is, is a tad thick. So how are you guys able to get that done and make that transition right now, uh, being in the state that you're in? We're doing exactly what you're saying. Uh, you know, particularly, it's going to be a little bit more heightened now than it was even prior to this this pandemic going getting us in the situation that we we're in right now. But we've met with our team. You know, just prior to spring practice, we would have these Zoom meetings, whether it was video presentations on the board uh, that they were getting. You know, that they could look at on their iPads. But they did it physically within our building. 
you know, they were able to kind of digest the information offensively and defensively, you know, with the combination of both of those things at that time. And now that we're completely remote, the Zoom meetings are critical, you know, so it's a very important piece. So I think everybody's starting to do that right now. And, and that's something we started a little bit of prior to spring break. And now we know it's kind of the best means for us to do it right now. And at least we kind of, uh, uh, you know, broke the ice with that earlier so that our players are familiar with it. So we are planning and are doing those things right now. They're, like I said, they're on spring break this week, so we gave them this week off. But as soon as the school is back in session next week, along with our meeting times that we've had already registered to do when we we're all on campus, we're just going to keep those meeting times, but we're going to do it from a Zoom meeting standpoint. Great. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today, and hopefully the next one of these we do will be a preview to the actual spring practice. Thanks, Dave. We all wish that. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Let's get on the field. I'm dying to do it. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boat is where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get
acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.